Welcome to another episode of Cultural Class Podcast, a podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds and get to learn about other countries from around the world. My name is Nosai Yari, and this is another episode. And I have my very first Zambian on the episode. Uh, I mean, I've been doing this for a little over two years now, 100 plus episodes, and I haven't had anyone from Zambia. I really appreciate you making time to come on the podcast today. Welcome, Mapalo Chikoa. Thank you. Thank you. Did I get that last name right? Chikoa? Yes, you got it. There we go. There we go. I'm killing this Bemba right here. <laughs> <laughs> How's your day going, man? How's everything going? It's going good. Just keeping busy. Yeah, we're recording this on December the 27th. Um, obviously, not much of a holiday in most parts of the world because of the coronavirus. Uh, but how was your holiday in particular? Um, from my understanding, you have some family here in Colorado. Um, do you guys have uh, rituals or things you do as Zambians that you observe every Christmas? What's a typical Christmas um, in Zambian Within my family, mm -hmm. uh, we always have like a, pre we do presents in the morning with the nuclear family. If we have extended family or family friends nearby, we always have a feast. Um, that's what we did this year. And we had some family friends come from Texas in the evening. So it was, uh, it was a lot of people. It was good. A feast. Nice. Tell me, talk to me about the food. Like what's one staple oh, food yes. that, okay. that, that is uh, uh, enjoyed? In dishes. Oxtail. We always have oxtail. Oxtail? Um, is, that, is, that, is that a meat? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's very good. Very tender. We reserve it just for holidays, so we only have it maybe two, three times a year. Mm, um, we always have like um, spinach, capenta, which is like cooked Ca sardines. Capenta? Yes, capenta. How do you cook right. that? It's made with sardines? Yeah, it's, it's just cooked with tomato and onions. It's good. Okay, um, so we have, sardines, tomatoes, onions, do you, is it like in a, in a frying pan, kind of like mix all that yes. together? Okay. We have inshima, which is the equivalent of... Um, Fufu. In Shema. Oh, yeah. nice. So that's made with cassava as well, right? Uh, it's made with, yeah, cassava and cornmeal. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else? We had mincemeat. We always have rice. Um, and just a few other side dishes and some dessert. But we always have a lot of fruit, a lot of vegetables. Got it. Got it. Oh, sounds interesting. It seems you guys really had quite a feast on Christmas Day. You guys have any leftovers? Oh, so much. We have enough for like the next, <laughs> people took food and we still have enough for the next three days. Nice, nice. I yeah. love it. I love it. Okay, okay. Let, let's get into your background for a little bit, get to know about you and, you know, simultaneously get to know about the country of Zambia as much as we okay. can cover uh, mm -hmm. today. First, let me talk about your name. Like, it's interesting how we met, right? Because I'm, yes. I'm always on the Bumble Biz app, which is kind of like how I meet a lot of, some of my guests, uh, you know, that are close to me that I end up recording with. And we're talking about how Bumble kicked you off the platform because of your name. And yes. that, that was a, an interesting story. That was what, like, kind of irked my interest. You want to, like, give a summary of that real quick? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, Bumble, um, they blocked my first account. It had my, my real name and it had my Facebook, which had my full name. And when I contacted them, uh, the reason they did that was because my name is a clothing brand and they have rules against buying and selling. So Mapalo is actually a clothing brand out there. Yes. I think it's like a British clothing brand, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, when I contacted them, I sent them my ID. They refused to reinstate my, my account. 
So I had to make another account with a different name, Blessing, which is what Mopala translates to, because they refused, even though it was my real ID, they just refused. And that story is pretty interesting. First, let, let's talk about your name. What does your name mean, Mapalo Chikola? It means blessing. Uh, Chikola doesn't have a meaning as far as I know, but it means, uh, Mapalo means blessing. Okay, so Mapalo is actually blessing. And that, that name is, uh, is from the Bemba ethnic group, right? Yes. Got it, got it. it. No, that story is very interesting because there are a lot of things that people take for granted. You know, I, I like to always liken being an immigrant or being a person of uh, color or being someone yeah. who affiliates with one cultural identity or the other living in the U.S. or any other Western country. I kind of mm -hmm. like to liken that to being left-handed in a way. You know, the, the world is kind of like built for right-handers for the oh, most yeah. part. Sure. Um, up until recently, like a lot of products that were made were made, you know, with a consumer being right-handed in mind, you know, not really being given. Now, you know, a lot of products, you know, whether that's golf clubs or, la or laptops or, or guitars, they are kind of like made in the sense that anyone can use them, both right or left-handed. But, you know, initially, like people just thought that everyone was right-handed and they went, went around making their products. It's kind of like the way of the world, like people kind of like see the world predominantly through a white lens for the most part, whether that's mm -hmm. in corporate America or whether that's in, you know, different sectors here and there. And they fail to recognize the nuance that some people participate in a certain economy might have a different background, you know, name being an example yeah. of one of them. But, so that was just pretty interesting that that was what kicked my interest. I was like, oh, okay, so where are you from? And let's have and this. I'm sure if like I was a white person, they wouldn't have done that. But they're like, ah, this is too ethnic. We don't like this. Yeah, yeah. And at a certain point, you know, we ask ourselves the question, how much of it is kind of like ignorance and how much of it is uh, a deliberate act? You know, obviously we have people out there who are deliberately racist, uh, mm -hmm. but we have people who are just tend to exclude other groups kind of like subconsciously because this is what they know. This is a world they know. Everything whether that's from the TV they watch or the systems being built or the banking system, like everything is kind of built to cater to them. So they know nothing else because this is what they were born into. And in that way, you just yeah. tend to promote those, those kind of means. Have you had other interesting stories like that? I mean, pretty much maybe offline. I know you go to school now, uh, yeah. that kind of thing. Have you had any similar experiences with? Um... No, that was the only, it's, um, if there's anything like that, it's never outright. Mm -hmm. People aren't bold enough to like say bad things to your face or make fun of your background, usually. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, let, let's talk about uh, Zambia for a little bit. So you are from the Bemba tribe. Yes. Uh, and from what I understand, there are different tribes in Zambia. There's uh, Limpo, Liseli, Mutende, if I got that correctly. Mm -hmm. And Bemba is kind of like the largest tribe. Yes in Zambia. So talk to me for, about the Bemba people. Do you, do you speak Chibemba? I do not speak Bemba. I understand maybe like 50%, but I don't speak. 50%. Okay. Did I get that correctly? So is the language yeah, Bemba or Chibemba? Either way. Either way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But people what? usually say Bemba. Okay. I've, I've usually only seen like Chibemba in text, like when people are writing. Okay. Yeah. So Bemba refers to both the people and the language. Yes. Okay, how That's much how all of the tribes, most of the tribes work. Got it, got it. So tell me what you know about the Bemba people. I know you've been in America for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, are both your parents Bemba? And like, yes. what 
give me like a brief overview of like the member people from your perspective. Um, they've been they've been in Zambia for thousands of years. Um, I definitely need to learn more about them for sure because I didn't really grow up there. I left when I was two, and my goal is to definitely learn Bemba so I can connect more for sure. But it's just like any other African culture, very traditional, very Christian. Um, oh, so the Bemba people are predominantly Christian? Yes. And what's one word uh, in the Bemba language? Let's say hello or something, something really uh, simple. Like if I find myself. Mulishani is hello. And Mulishani? Then, uh, yeah, Mulishani. Mulishani? Yes, Mulishani. Okay. And then uh, just we know. How do I respond to that? If I say Mulishani or oh, someone says Mulishani to me? Mulishani, we know. And we know it's just fine. We know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just say it fast. Mulishani, we know. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, easy enough. And is Bamba kind of like, um, is, is Bamba kind of like uh, the largest language? I know typically like in Nigeria, for instance, yes. where I'm from, you have like 300 different ethnic groups and like almost 500 different dialects, like a lot. Like English is kind of like the lingua franca that everyone speaks, but we have so many mm -hmm. like languages. Is it kind of like similar to Zambia as well? Yes, ever, most people speak um, English because it's taught in the schools. There's like few people who don't know. It's just like the older people, maybe like grandparents, great grandparents, but most people speak English. Mm -hmm. And they speak um, British English like most African countries. Yeah, so we have, uh, when we, people like us come over to the States, you know, they tend to say we're misspelling certain words, not knowing that that's just how we grew up. Like yeah. color, color, for instance, color, like it's yeah. C-O-L-O-U-R. Oh, yeah. America is just L O R. I still spell gray the wrong way. Grain? Gray, the color. Oh, great. How do you spell gray? With an E or British gray is with an E. I spell it with an E, but Americans spell it with an A. Really? I haven't yeah. even, I haven't really thought about that one, to be honest. But yeah, these are yeah. just, you know, when you're typing on your laptop, you like, you see that little red marker mm -hmm. saying you misspelled and you're, and you're thinking like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and I also lived in Australia, where they also speak British English as well, for about six years. Oh, really? So you left Zambia. Did you go directly to Australia? Yes, when I was two and lived there until I was eight. Interesting. I would imagine you would have had more of an Australian accent. So I just interviewed an Australian actually um, a week ago or something like okay. that. And But you going there when you're two, I would imagine you would have picked up like an Australian accent. What I, part of Australia I, do you live? Uh, I lived on the West Coast in Perth and then on the East Coast in Brisbane, which is in the uh, state of Queensland. But um, I did have an Australian accent until about the age of 10. Um, mm -hmm. I started to pick up like a bit of an American accent, but I still have like a Zambian accent because I was home. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Is Perth when like... When I speak uh, to Americans, they say like, oh, you have an accent. But some people don't notice it. So it's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love I love when... I, I get that too sometimes. Like some people try to say, oh, I can't really place your accent. It's not American-American, but it's kind of like it has that mix in there. Like, yeah, because I've, I've been to all these places and... I can't remember the last time I lived in the same city for five years. So I have all these mixtures of accents, even within America as well. Like it's just oh, yeah. the whole thing. But uh, it's Perth. Like uh, a lot of people I know who are immigrants um, actually live in Perth. Is it is it safe to say like Perth is like a city filled with immigrants compared um, to like Canberra or like the whole country is? Because originally it was. Um, I'm sure you know this, but originally it was criminals, mm -hmm. and then people it was just started an island, right? 
yeah, people, it was just like British criminals. And then people started immigrating. Um, I think like first the Asians, then black people, they don't have that many Latino people, but people started like immigrating. Um, before there's the Aborigines, they're still there, just not high numbers, but it's, it's very much very African, very Asian. Yeah, let me maybe I should rephrase that question. Obviously, yeah, Australia is a it's a is a country with a lot of immigrants, but particularly mm-hmm. African immigrants, because uh, oh, yes. a bunch of people I know uh, live in Perth, and there's even this I think this popular YouTuber called Future. I think he lives in Perth as well. He's Nigerian, and just from mm-hmm. what I see from the outside looking in, it seems like they have a sizable African immigrant population. Yeah, they have a lot of Africans. There's a lot of good opportunities. Um, I believe it's safer. Um, yeah. Okay, so what do you remember about Perth? What did you do in Australia? I mean, you were like, what, eight, nine years old? Uh, uh, Perth when was left? when I was like two, two, I think we only lived there for like two, two or three years. Um, from that time, I remember most of my early childhood memories are from Australia. Um, my brother actually stayed behind until I was like six. He stayed with my grandparents in Zambia. Um, his special needs, so it was I think it was just a bit too difficult to bring him in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But um, so it was just my parents and I. Um, I just remember living there. Um, we had like a nice house. Um, <laughs> it was it was a good time. Um, I just remember like preschool and just. What did you do there. as a kid? What 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 was a typical fun time as a kid living in Perth? Um, all the cities are on the coast, so we'd go to the beach a lot. Nice. I like like play with toys, hang out with my friends, my friends, go to the movies, things like that. Okay. And eventually your parents decided that you guys wanted to move to America. And how was, how was that like? Did, were, were they just like the typical African parents and said, follow me? And you're like, this is an airport. Get in the plane. Let's go. How <laughs> did they have like um, a discussion that, hey, was, we have to move or something? It was good. Um, my dad was originally a professor in Perth. And then um, around the time, a little bit before we moved, we actually won the lottery. So that was nice. when they decided to move us to the United States. Nice. And, and when you um, say the lottery, you mean the visa lottery, right? Just for the benefit of listeners. I'm not sure what kind of lottery I'd have to come from. Could be. Most likely a visa lottery. Like not like uh, the U.S. has this yeah. uh, lottery system where they allocate uh, fifty thousand citizenships to people from different okay. countries every okay. year, and they have you All know right. countries. I think India and Nigeria have been banned from that actually for really? the next five Why? years or so because yeah. apparently they've given too many Nigerian and Indian um, citizenships, so they want yeah, to give a give a chance, <laughs> give chance to other countries. Uh, so yeah, that's that's most likely what it is. But yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, you can't your... turn around without meeting a Nigerian. But yeah. um, we, we initially moved from Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh. We, my dad wasn't there for long. He went to Texas maybe like three months after um, for a position. So we, we stayed on our own. We made some friends with like the Zambians in the area. My mom had a cousin there. So I think that's why she was comfortable mm-hmm. moving there. In and Pittsburgh. my dad got his job working for the state of Texas as like a um what you call it an appraiser someone who manages um taxes for big companies well that's that's uh pretty interesting and your dad has he always been like the corporate route you know kind of thing like working for the government or working for an Uh, educational institution or has dabbled and dabbled into businesses as well um he was in school for a long time maybe until I was like two or three I think he did like 12 years of school oh he has Um, a PhD 
yeah, got his PhD. Initially, he was, he did the professor, then he worked for the state, and now he's working for a private company in the same uh, position, just a bit better, more benefits, better paying. So he's always been in like education, finance, and he taught economics. So he's always been in any field. Yeah, a lot of people tend to look at Africans that, hey, we, we always like strive for the highest education possible. A lot of Africans, you know, at least a master's, but oh, yeah. you know, many of them end up, you know, going for a PhD yeah. and uh, not, not as many Americans do that, you know, or MBA, other you know, advanced degrees like that. Do you, well, does that sure. put pressure on you? I know you're, partic- you're in school right now. I don't know if you're completing your undergrad or master's or even a undergrad or something, undergrad. Does that yeah. put pressure on you? Like, are you, is there that silent wall of saying that hey you have to go as far as you can kind of thing uh not really but i know like i have to get into a degree if i don't like it's just not it won't be accepted (laughs) but if i'm being honest i want me to get a master's yeah and you're being serious about that being accepted is a thing right (laughs) it's like you're judged yeah like like... i'll be disowned disowned. what if you become like uh i don't know like a Kylie Jenner, like you do something amazing that just keeps you busy and just keeps the money pouring in, that kind of thing? Uh, It depends. I know what my parents' argument would be. It would be that while you might be making a lot of money, that's not stable. It won't last Mm -hmm. you forever. So you need a backup plan. So if I did that, it would have to be like a side hustle along with something else. Spoken like a true African. I mean, we have Africans in the NBA whose parents are still trying to get them to get degrees. Because <laughs> it won't last forever. That's You only have 10 years, and then what do you do? That's why um, it's disappointing when these athletes do like one and done because mm. they end up going broke, spending all their money on houses, cars, parties, clothes, and then they end up poor, homeless. Yeah, I guess. I guess, but what's really the difference between, is there a difference between education and schooling? Do you have to go to school to get educated? Can you be educated yeah. in a skill? Can you be... Um, uh, you can be educated in trade. You can be educated through knowledge. There's a lot of different ways you can be educated. Yeah, but that certificate is still popular. Two certificates are that are important to an African parent. The oh, yeah. graduate certificate and the marriage certificate. Those yes. two, <laughs> pretty um, much. Okay, now you're dad, educated, you have to get married. <laughs> oh, yeah. My dad always says, like, look, to get a good job, you need a degree. That's why you need to go to school. You can find a good job, but it'll be hard. You'll struggle. So you mm. need that degree to secure success. Yeah, yeah, roger that, roger that. And you haven't been to Zambia in a while, right? Like, when was the last time you went to Zambia? I believe the last time was when I was five. So 13 wow. years ago. Yeah, 13 years. Wow. We were it's money has always been an issue um mm. and then we, we have a family of four so being a, being able to afford for everyone um last year we were supposed to go tickets for like two thousand dollars for one couldn't afford it mm-hmm. this year they're twelve hundred and we're trying to see if we can just go just my dad and i like i guess is it the coronavirus that are making the tickets cheaper or i believe so but it's usually more expensive it's some yeah. of the most expensive tickets in the world for some reason. Yeah, it is a it is a very long. I mean, I flew from um, DC. It might be like thirty hours, something like that, if not yeah. more. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends on the part of Africa you're flying. So I flew from DC to Australia and I was flying oh. against time and that was like 20, 23 hours, I would say. But even that, I was oh, surprised. Yeah. That was like 530 oh, yeah. bucks or like you, fi- oh, 500 bucks. Yeah, that, that was like... For some reason, they don't fly the other way. People have all kinds of conspiracies about that, but we're not going to get into that. What do you mean they don't fly the other way? Uh, they fly like west. They don't fly east. Yeah, isn't it? Oh, really? Well, I, I just thought it would be That's faster to fly west, right? Even uh, though you're flying against west. time. Oh, no, they right? fly east. They don't fly west. West would You would think west would be faster because mm. it's just like right there, but they don't fly west. Yeah, that, that's pretty interesting. I didn't know that uh, fact, but I say that to say, like, you know, a uh, ticket to Nigeria, which is about 22 hours as well, is about $2,000. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe it's just that the the taxes and the levies, because I know Nigeria in particular, we kind of like tax foreign companies a lot to operate mm-hmm. in the country. So uh, maybe that has something to do with the ticket prices, but uh, or maybe they don't get oh, yeah, as maybe. many people going to that part of the world. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. a demand and supply thing especially if you're going to like lagos or yeah 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 but well, what are you looking forward to like when do you guys uh look to live in the summer uh the plan hopefully june for like two months june to july so nice. our summer there winter um it, it should be cold i believe it yeah, should wait, wait. The... you guys have winter in zambia yes yeah or oh. it's not, it doesn't snow but like it's like the winter season because they're in the southern hemisphere. Interesting, I didn't know that. I, well, I guess that makes sense because it's down south, right, closer to yes, like, it's South, like Africa, south so. Central. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is, is it South Central? Because I know like the DRC is kind of like above, and that's kind of like central. But you have Zimbabwe and South Africa down south, yeah, and that's like southern. Yeah, so it's kind of like central. in the it's middle. It's not quite south, not quite central. It's just a little bit in the middle. Okay, okay. What do you look forward to? I mean, five years old, like, that must have been a long time. You don't remember a lot, but do you look forward to anything in particular going back with your the dad? The good thing is I've seen, I was able to see quite a few family members last, on um, kind of like last year in 2019. I saw my grandmother for the first time in uh, seven years since my uncle's wedding was in New York. Um, we don't have that much family here, just New York, Boston, uh, Colorado. Um, I saw my cousin from Australia. She came to, she, she came, they all came to my graduation. Um, nice. And then I saw my aunt from Zambia. So I've seen um, most of my family. I'm looking forward to seeing my cousins. I haven't seen them since I was five. Mm. Um, there's other family members that I haven't met. So I'm mm. looking forward to meeting them, like people I don't know. And they're like, oh, I babysat you when you were little. <laughs> I carried you when you were a baby. Why yeah. don't you know me? It's because I was a baby. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to, like, the food. Um, I mean, we'll have it at home, but it'll be a lot better. Um, Are you guys going to Lusaka? Yes. Lusaka and um, I can't remember where my dad is from, but he's from, like, the farmland, like, the village. Mm-hmm. So we'll go there as well, see, meet his family. Um, looking forward to like exploring the town, seeing the sights, and getting my hair done because <laughs> it's so cheap over there. It's like twenty dollars versus like three hundred dollars here. Like the conversion right. rate is so different. Well, I guess it depends on what state you live in. Like if you live oh, in yeah. like uh like Houston or something like a you know a large African population, a lot of places you can get your hair done, but not as much oh, in yeah. Colorado. I guess. But not really. There's not many that many black people, let alone Africans. 
mm-hmm. but everything is a lot cheaper over there so it'd be good to get like some souvenirs for like family and friends but i'm looking forward to yeah. all of those things yeah, that's the best part, right? Like, I remember when I was in Ghana in summer of 2018, and we, we took Uber everywhere, right? And I was using my American Uber app, and I'll end up getting charged like 2 or $3 per trip because converted into oh. Ghanaian CDs, I think it's like, it was like six or eight CDs at the time. So like a $40 trip would be like, maybe like 5 or $4. So we're just good. like Uber in everywhere. That yeah, that's one good thing about Africa. But, yeah, well, um, I don't know if it's so much of a good thing, actually, because uh, that's that significant. Oh, yeah, because the standard you know. of living is different. Like my grandmother, she's pretty wealthy, should be considered pretty wealthy, but here she would be considered like middle class, if not lower class. So it's not always the yeah. best thing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like you have ministers, Nigerian governors and ministers flying here and just staying in like, uh, when they get here, just being like the average person taking a cab, staying in all the time. When they go yeah. back home, right from the airport, they're yeah, like celebrities. Like an entourage of like 30 people or something. Um, yeah. Do you guys, do you think from your perspective, do you think you have like the returning problem in Zambia? Um, What's and I'll ex- Yeah, I'll explain that. So in Nigeria, uh, we have a term called IJGB, which means I just got back. It kind of like refers to people who primarily were in the UK or in the US who just got back and really don't know how to act. Like they don't, they're not as Nigerian. And they're like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, he's acting like that because he so just got back. He, he doesn't know. And I think in the Indian community as well, they call it like Desi, uh, which is like oh. people from the Indian diaspora who are here and when they go back like oh. it's difficult for them to integrate like into India because oh, they are so um the name of the ethnic group I didn't know that no Desi I think Desi is kind of wait let me search let me let me just research that Desi Indian but another good thing is at least like Zambia is pretty peaceful um it's like one yeah. of the most peaceful yeah. countries Desi know. are people from the Indian subcontinent and their diaspora okay um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Is derived from it's a loose term blah blah blah, blah. but yeah I've, I've you know from my indian friends it kind of like said that it's you know used for people who primarily come you know from the u.s which is and he said that that's kind of like a problem because obviously an indian it's obvious when you see an indian right because of like your skin color and your hair and things like that so when they're in the u.s they're most of them aren't really considered American in a way because of so many factors. They're like, oh, that's Indian. That's Indian. That's Indian. And when they go back to India, they're like, oh, he's American. He's American. He's American. So they're like right in between. And you kind of like have that problem. That's why with the I just got back uh, term in Nigeria, like when you go back, do you think there's like kind of like For the newer generation, it'll be like an issue, especially with like a lot of like Zambians marrying like non-Zambians. It'll be like an identity issue for like is that a thing? Kids. When, you, when you say Zambians marrying non-Zambians, is it like other Africans or like just for other Africans, mm-hmm. white people, Latinos, Asians? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I I think I will have that problem to a degree. Maybe mm-hmm. not the way I act, but maybe just because I don't speak Bamba. But mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be that bad for me, at least because I grew up in a Zambian household and I know yeah, in your the situation. know what not to say, how yeah. to respectfully greet someone. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. those are things you have don't to Don't shake people with your left hands. Is that a thing? That's uh, a thing where I'm from. I've never done that. <laughs> I think that's just common sense. <laughs> no, I mean, but I mean, the West is not considered like disrespectful, like shake with left really? hand, right hand, like nothing, uh, like, no big deal. But uh, traditional Africans, like, why are you shaking with your left hand? Okay. 
Yeah, I've never heard that one, but I wouldn't do that. It just doesn't seem right. But like you have to like curtsy when you greet someone, you have to be um, respectful. If you're speaking Bemba, you'll speak more formally. If it's like family, someone new. I mean, speaking of, uh, you know, Zambia's marrying foreigners, like what is, mm-hmm. you know, in parts of Southern Africa and like, you know, South Central Africa, particularly like, uh, you know, Swaziland, um, Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. yeah. we had history, a history of apartheid and all that. Uh, yeah. You had uh, issues where, you know, Europeans that came into the country formed the minority pretty much became Africans and, uh, you know, were controlling and, you know, racist uh, towards the indigenous people of that land. Do you have a bit of that in Zambia as well, even though Zambia is not like South-South, but do you Um, think some of that crept up in a way? A little bit, but not really. Most of the leaders are Black African. There are like white people, but it might be different from like, say, South Africa. Because mm-hmm. like the white people have, or like we have, um, like my dad has a friend here in Colorado who is a Zambian uh, Indian, I believe. Um, they oh. they have been there for like generations, generations. They mm-hmm. grew up in Zambia. They speak Bemba usually, yeah. or like one of the other languages. So it's not really that bad. And um, I know a lot of Zambia. Um, in Zambia, most people marry obviously within the culture because there's not a lot mm-hmm. of there's not too many foreigners, but. Um, as you get like to the diaspora, there's a lot of people who marry outside of the race, and it's it's not an issue. Yeah, I mean it's pretty interesting. I remember growing up as a kid in Nigeria, watching Big Brother Africa and asking my mom, like, why do we have white people on Big Brother Africa? Like, it's <laughs> it's an like yeah. African Big Brother from people from different countries. I don't know. She was trying to explain to me that this that. And I think Zambia actually had a white president not too long ago, maybe like four oh, five years ago. So. Yeah. Something like that. And even though I think it was like an interim president um, while the elections were being held or something, but I remember that kind of like causing somewhat of a stare in the Nigerian yeah. media uh, mm-hmm. as well. But uh, but yeah, like you said, you know, we do have these uh, uh, people kind of like non-Indigenous who have been there, you know, grew up there and have like generations there. Yeah, raised uh, there, been there for speak a long the time. language, they understand yeah. culture. Kind of like Australia, I would Zambian imagine. Names. Some of them, they name their kids Zambian names. What other countries have you visited? Or what countries would you like to visit, uh, either on the continent of Africa or elsewhere? Um, other countries I've visited, uh, the UK, England. I have another uncle there. Um, oh, wow, you have uh, family scattered all over oh, the world. everywhere. China, <laughs> Australia, Zambia. You've China. gone to China? I haven't been there. Oh, okay. The US. Yeah, family I have an aunt in Singapore, but she's back in uh, Osaka now. Mm. But all over, um, I passed through Japan uh, just to get to the U.S., but uh, countries I'd like to go to, I would like to go to Tokyo this summer. My best friend wants to see the Olympics, so hopefully we can go. The um, Olympics, is that still going to hold? I mean, FIFA I just canceled the Under-21 World Cup next year because of COVID. Oh, yeah, hopefully uh, it was. Fingers crossed, I guess. Yeah, we'll have to see, but I'll definitely get like a refundable ticket. Um, Korea, I'm very interested in their culture. China, obviously. Um, I'm going to, I'm taking Mandarin next semester for my oh, language nice. requirement. Yeah. Um, I'd like to go to like Europe, Italy, Greece, visit the UK again, um, mm. Africa, of course, um, uh, Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa. Um, I think a place that not many people travel to is like um, Polynesia and Micronesia. 
explore, learn the culture, and South America, that's the only continent I haven't stepped foot on. Except, nice. Except Antarctica, of course. Nice, nice. So you're open to, you know, you're, is it, is it safe to say you're really like free spirit in that regard? Like you're open to travel, visiting new places, learning oh, new yes, things? Of course, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And it's interesting you're learning Mandarin. Like, that's a smart one. Like, uh, I think every kid under five should probably oh, learn yeah. Mandarin because with, with the way the U.S. is going, I think a new world power emerges <laughs> in the sure. next I believe that China is the world power, not the U.S. Uh, <laughs> right? Because they, they control everything. They control, like, TikTok. They control everything mm -hmm. we buy. Like, the U.S. is just in denial. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess we'll see. We'll see that the U.S. has always been, you know, sneaky and, you know, their PR machine sure. is, has always been strong. So, yeah, I uh, guess we'll see. Be, be sure to try out that jollof when you go to Lagos. Huh? Oh, yes. Yeah, I've had jollof. <laughs> I've only had, uh, I think I've only had uh, Nigerian jollof. I haven't tried. There we go. That's Nigerian the only jollof you need. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my Ghanaian listeners. I'm sure they're going to tweet me after this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Mandarin is a very important language to learn because like mm -hmm. one billion people in this country um, are Chinese. So it's very important. I believe one billion. And of course, other languages, I think uh, Spanish, uh, one not really commonly taught that I think is also important, Arabic. What do you yeah. want to do? Like, well, what are you in school currently studying? And how, um, what, what space I, do you see yourself in in the future? I'm in school to be like a therapist or a psychiatrist. I'm still deciding in between the two. Um, psychiatrist does pay more, but I would rather just have something that's more fulfilling because mm. it's not that big of a difference, like maybe 20K. And if I open like a private practice, I'll make like 150K. So it's not like that big. There's money wherever you go. It's just whichever is more fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're the best or something, there's always money there. What do you think about all these new apps like the Calm app and whatever? Like um, what jobs do you think will remain for humans? Like everything seems to be automated uh, right now, even though that's kind of like started as a kind of like mm -hmm. a marketplace kind of app. But oh, yeah. who knows? Maybe we might be looking to AI for therapy too. Oh, yeah. Um, I have not tried Calm, but I have this app called Sanvelo. It's pretty good. Um, I'm just pulling it up right now. Sorry, what was the name of the app again? Uh, San Velo. Mm, San Velo? Yeah. Yes. Mm, and right the way it works is you can do daily check-ins. It has different feelings. You can check in your mood. You can log your mood. Uh, you can see it's just asking me how was your day mm. on a scale, and it records the time. You can, um, at the end of the week, it'll give you one weekly overview, and then it'll give you an assessment of your health, of your health mm. how... Um, how much anxiety and depression you have, what level, if it's wow. low, how do they know that? moderate, huh? How do they know that? Uh, just by asking you questions. Questions. Oh, questions. so it's not like a, a wearable, like you put it beside your chest or anything? Uh, no. Um, they do have like a therapy service. Mm. Um, so far, I have not heard of like AI therapy, but I'm sure it's there. Um, the way it works is it'll, you have to um, register your insurance, but it'll mm. connect you with a therapist virtually got it and it's a free app um i use it uh, like every day and it's pretty good and they also have groups and like forums of different topics where you can converse with other people and tell you your level of stress that's pretty interesting you know what would be fun if they have like a a, a girlfriend or a wife interpretation app like when your girlfriend says something tell you like the true meaning like are you okay yeah i'm fine you just open the app 
no, not fine. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that'll probably Are sell out. Like if someone can manufacture that, that person will be a billionaire in oh. a month. <laughs> I'll get the patents. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all the women out there. I love you guys. <laughs> but um, I think virtual therapy is good. It's a little bit more accessible. Sometimes it's more affordable. Um, mm-hmm. I did do like therapy and counseling for a while. But yeah. we were able to afford it with insurance, but I can't lie, it was pretty expensive. It um, is. Healthcare in general in the U.S. is just a mess. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we really need to improve our healthcare system. But yeah. like other countries, like Canada has free healthcare. I yeah, mean, tell like, me about it. Some people the, talk about that, though, that if you, you're on the free healthcare, like it's a long waiting list or something, mm-hmm. uh, like you have to actually pay for premium service, but at least uh, you know, people have access to it. Go to the hospital. You won't be too scared to go to the hospital and die because you can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and for the most prosperous country ever in history, like it's kind of like an irony that you have people out there homeless without health care. Can't afford and medicine, able to can't try afford this. hospitalization, uh, treatments. Yeah, but, it's just... Um, for my counseling, the most expensive session was $500. My insurance did Wow. And I had to Wait, did you say your most... Do you say a session? Like one session? One session. And Damn. I had to pay for it out of my pockets. I had to use my financial aid. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, it's healthcare is such a big deal. Like, I know, I remember when I used to live in D.C. And, you know, I didn't have a car in D.C. Because it was such a small, small city. I didn't need a car. I could get everywhere on the train or whatever. And mm-hmm. when I go out with my friends, like, you know, maybe 2 a.m. at night or something, we're going to a club or going to a party or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to cross the street. Uh, with a red light, I'm like, oh, it's 2 a.m., there's no car on the road. I'm like, dude, my health insurance is not going to cover that. <laughs> if I get it, yeah. I'm like, you guys can go ahead. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, wait, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. it's also interesting to see how this generation, like the younger generation, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like are open to, you know, taking care of their mental health. So a lot of people, especially like the older generation, in, especially in Africa, right? Yes, immigrants. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of seen like, it's seen as like bad you just mm, you pray pray to oh there you go <laughs> like if, if you talk to your parents are, about certain things you either pray it away or you forget about it or don't talk about it we don't talk about yeah, it you just have to be ashamed. Um, yeah yeah um we have a history of mental illness in my family and a stigma from like mm. older family members mm. um prayer i believe prayer is powerful but i believe prayer is also meant to give you the power power to change your own situation mm. and prayer can only go so far so at some point you have to go to therapy counseling you have to talk about your trauma you have to break those generational curses so you know the returnee stuff i was talking about that's mm-hmm. also part of it like people who are exposed to western culture they have all this um what views on religion and things like that when they go back it's not so popular <laughs> yeah like it's not accepted but uh-huh. um i think my family is pretty Liberal, pretty open, open about it mm-hmm. um i mean they had to like adjust mm-hmm. um from like earlier family family members going through it them not understanding mm-hmm. them seeing like oh they're really suffering we need to change our mindset so i think they've gotten better but as africans um as christians we need to do better yep yep most definitely and i think our eyes are beginning to a lot of people their eyes are beginning to get open like the religious leaders particularly in the christian denomination the pastors i don't think they have as much power as they used to like our parents like the pastors you have people obeying their pastors word over their wives or husbands or fathers or mothers like right now like at least in nigeria like 
I don't think they have that much power. We're trying to see like a <laughs> new generation. And the uh, and exactly these African pastors are corrupt. I'm telling you, with Bentleys all and private jets, that's mm. all these scandals. You see, oh, he was at a bar, he was at a strip club, and you're yeah. like, my pastor, yeah. the same one that was preaching to me. Uh, we do have some good ones though, but uh, you know, do, yeah. some people of, actually take church as a business back home. Oh, for sure. A lot of people, especially in Zambia, just become uh, uh, pastors for the money. But mm. we do have a lot of pastors that come here to get their education that are good men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's been so interesting talking to you, man. Like it's been so easy. Like I, I, I really appreciate that. You know, sometimes. Mm -hmm some conversations are not really organic and you try to like get a flow of it, but mm -hmm. you know, thank you for being, um, so, um, thank you for making the interview easy <laughs> pretty much. I don't know what to say, but absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have this thing I, I, I play this game. I play called end game uh, okay. at, at the end of my podcast. So the, the purpose of the podcast is pretty much for me to learn about other cultures and, you know, for my listeners to vicariously also learn about other cultures. Uh, we do that by having like a casual conversation and hope that our listeners pick up on one or two things uh, during the course of conversation. But we like to do that more deliberately at the end. So asking specific questions about where you're from, uh, you know, and you may or may not know the answers to these, but we just want to pass out our information more deliberately so at least our listeners can have something to hold on to okay. and know that this is what they learned so um are you ready for end game yes i'm ready all right so i have a couple questions here uh let's start off with, a, with an easy one uh, what's the capital of uh, zambia lusaka um they a few years ago there was talk of moving it north but uh like five years ago but as of now it's still lusaka Osaka, yeah, correct. Yeah. And can you name a couple of countries, maybe two or three, that uh, Zambia is bordered with? Um, the only one I can really think of is Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. That's a yeah. popular one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Zimbabwe, there's also uh, DRC up north. Uh, there's mm -hmm. Tanzania to the west, to the east, I think. Uh, yeah. Then Namibia, Botswana, Mozambique, and Malawi. So okay. quite a number of countries there. I'm not sure if Zambia is landlocked or not. Is it? it do, is. do you guys have a port? It is landlocked? Yeah. Okay. And okay. Uh, one other really interesting thing I forgot to mention is how like the drawing of the borders in Berlin really messed up um, Africa and caused a lot of conflict. Yeah, talking about the Berlin conference, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And caused like all this drama between the tribes. Yeah, and tell me about like, it. Oh, Africa is unstable, they're poor, but it all comes back from them interfering where they shouldn't have been yeah tell me about it a, a couple of colonialists are sitting down in germany and you know kind of like divvying up <laughs> the cultures and like, you get this you get this i yeah, mean I so, southern, southern cameroon where my southern nigeria where my mom is from is yeah. close to cameroon i knew there were parts of cameroon that should have been part of nigeria maybe not part of nigeria that was that whole thing and at a yeah. time they were trying to secede but like you said you know boiling back to dating back to the berlin conference causing all this problem but uh sorry about that well, you were saying yeah they really ruined the country raped us of like our um our products our mm. natural resources definitely. yep yep how do we take it back though because i don't know like how do we take it back how united can africans be and you know africans in the diaspora have a role to play as well because we sure. we have that bridge we've learned we some things uh, it's hard though, like when you have situations like the I just got backs and the desis and the returnee situations, like you have to fight 
to be, oh, yeah. and this is from the Nigerian perspective, you have to fight to be accepted by your own people. Oh, and in a sense, I kind of understand because I've been on the other side before. You kind of like feel betrayed when people you grew up with just like go and go for, go do. Like they reject know, their culture, change Yeah, their they just move, right. go get a better life. And you tend to like, hey, you know, you forgot where you came from. You know, you are over there in the US, you know. Oh, yeah. There's some level of, but uh, you know, when you come back and you try to like prove to them over a certain period of time, they're are more than willing to accept. But yeah, there, there has to be a balance. Like, how do we write our own stories, create our industries? I don't know. A really big issue we have, but we can't really. The only way to change it is to like build businesses, network, um, find success, and bring it back. Is how like a lot of African countries borrow from China. China's like a big. They don't. Yeah. They they loan a lot of money, but they put us in debt, and it's very yeah. like um, strategic, so that we can't pay them back for a very long time. And yeah. we start paying them, paying them, paying them. They're yeah. making money off of us, our resources. So we really have to just rebuild um, and build those businesses and bring those businesses back. Yeah, the China conversation is a story for another day, how they are owning a lot of the infrastructure on the continent. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, like Africa can be really divided in a way, even within the same country, even within the same tribe. Like you oh, have yeah. issues of division and, you know, we, we tend, I don't know if that was like orchestrated by okay. outside parties over time or just played us against each other, but... Yeah, you can see that in like the conflict in Rwanda, mm-hmm. how those two groups were pitted against each other and they ended up slaughtering each other. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, you seem to be like really knowledgeable about a lot of stuff. Like, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Like, I, I, I have, I have definitely. You have thought about it or you have started yeah. a podcast? Uh, I have thought about it. It's in the, it's in the works. Okay, the next okay. Week. Okay, yeah. like if you need like any kind of like, technical assistance or production advice like hit me up like i'll be more than happy to collaborate with you uh thank you like yeah i think like your your energy you're just coming off as like easy to talk to like really knowledgeable and things like that well traveled so i think depending on the subject area like you you probably have something to say that people probably listen to so yeah just let me know um, but yeah, let, let me run through the other two questions here in yeah, Endgame. I can stay for a few more minutes. All right, cool. So we yeah. talked about the capital of Zambia being Lusaka. That was pretty easy. Yes. Uh, let's see. We talked about um, countries bordering Zambia as well. Uh, we touched a little bit about uh, languages in Zambia in the beginning. Um, uh, but can you name a couple of them besides Bemba? Bemba, Nyanja, Lozi, Tonga, and Alunda are some pretty big ones. I think yeah. Lozi is the... Lozi or Tonga is like the second biggest one. Yeah, yeah. And I love the names of those languages. That They're pretty like, a lot of them are just like dual syllabic and just like Nyanja, mm-hmm. Lozi, Tonga, yeah. Kande, like they're pretty, pretty interesting names. Um, yeah, like my mother's maiden name, Musamba Chimi. It's, it's Bantu, but it sounds like it's like maybe like Spanish or something like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we have like a lot of like similar sounding names, even though they're Bantu. Yep, yep. Uh, last question. Who's the current president of Zambia? Uh, I do not know. <laughs> uh, let's, uh-oh, uh, my computer. Oh, I think, uh, oh, that's a first. <laughs> okay, so Mapalo kind of like dropped off for some reason. Let me just wait a bit and see if she'll come back on in the meantime. Uh, 
yeah, I haven't heard this happen before. Either her computer died on her. But yeah, I think we pretty much got like uh, the bulk of the episode. And just to answer that last question, the current president of Zambia is Edgar Lungu. He assumed presidency in January 25th, on January 25th, 2015. And he actually appointed the first female vice president of Zambia in Nonge Wina. And remember, uh, Mapalo saying Wina is a, is a way to respond to how are you. So that's pretty interesting how having that last name, Wina. Uh, but yeah, um, unfortunately, uh, Mapalo is gone. Give it a few seconds to see if she'll come back. But yeah, thank you guys for you know taking out time to listen to the episode as well. I uh, hope you guys had a happy holidays. I'll probably publish this uh, maybe in the new year or before the new year. I'm not sure. But thank you guys. and. Uh, Follow Culture Class on social media. It's Culture Class Pod everywhere. Send us an email, cultureclasspodcast at gmail.com. Go to our website and uh, leave a voice note. So we have this voice note feature on our website, cultureclasspodcast.com, where you can actually, like, uh, you know, leave a voice note. And you know, I can listen to your messages. Like, you don't want to type out an email or DM or social media or whatnot. So whatever is easier, uh, you can do it and uh, let me know. All right. So next time, guys, have a good one.